This is Fire Rescue One Side Alpha Podcast, putting fire service leaders in front of hot topics facing firefighters today. Now here's the executive editor of FireRescueOne.com and FireChief.com, Chief Mark Bashore. We're joined today by Baltimore City Fire Chief Niles Ford. Chief Ford and I uh, served together in the Maryland Fire Chiefs for quite a few years. And uh, Chief Ford, important to say, has long surpassed the average Metro Chief uh, tenure, now having served uh, for the past six and a half years as Baltimore's fire chief. Uh, chief Ford previously served as the fire chief in Lincoln, Nebraska, and as the city manager in Chambly, Georgia. My friend Dr. Ford attained his PhD in organization and management from Capella University. So we're going to talk a little bit today about uh, the extraordinary times uh, that we're operating in. And, uh, you know, during, during these times, the fire service, first with the pandemic, then the protests and riots uh, that have literally been rocking public safety. Um, Baltimore is no stranger to those times. And um, Doc, I wanted to ask you, Chief, Doc, sorry about that. I, I just wanted to ask you, what are a few of the significant areas of concern that you can share with our uh, leaders who are listening, specifically where your experience tells you that they're going to need to step up to successfully steward their departments through these challenges. Can you share with us your thoughts there? Yeah, I, I, I'll give you my perspective in, in respects to the backdrop that I, that I have and, and, and relatively speaking to um, us dealing with unrest several years ago. Um, and, and I'll start there and kind of work my way up. We, I learned a lot from, and, and I'm saying I'm, the organization, we all learned a lot from dealing with the unrest in respects to what to do in the future. We put a lot of things in place uh, as a result of that. In fact, um, when, when you were in Maryland, you were one of the organizations that I reached out to and asked for help, including um, Baltimore County and Anne Arundel County and uh, yep. D.C., um, Baltimore, Washington uh, International Airport, and Harford and some others, uh, Howard. Um, and we learned a lot through that process in, in, in respects of dealing with the unrest. Um, from a contemporary standpoint, some of the challenges that we have now, uh, I was able to focus uh, in, in our protocols on being able to call for help from yes. other agencies. And I, I, we've had to learn and adjust. And, and I think that's what I think. I think when you when you set up procedures and, and processes, first of all, to deal with unrest, and we have them and, and we shared them with as many people who would ask for it. Uh, one of the things that we learned is you, you have to really learn, you have to lean on um, the pliability of your managers to assess the circumstances that they're dealing with and not be stringent about what you what you put down in policy. Um, mm -hmm. Because the, the dynamics that we dealt with in the unrest in that day was completely different from what we what we dealt with um, after George Floyd, uh, completely different. So. I, I tell people to put protocols in place, but really, really try to train up their their leaders and their managers, and 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 have them prepared. Because I'll, I'll give you the example I had you all to lean on back then. The mm -hmm. dynamic for George Floyd, Floyd, everybody was dealing with it, so I didn't have anybody to call. <laughs> yeah, know, we, for the most part, everybody, you know, we were all uh, for the most part, we were all our own little islands, or we didn't have the resources to send out because we were concerned about what may happen locally. And if you pile upon that uh, COVID-19 in the sense that 
our 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 members are um, are just as at risk as the community, more so because they're running the calls. Uh, the biggest the biggest thing I've I've learned from contemporary circumstances are are from what we've been dealing with recently over the past several months is the fact that uh, you have you cannot let your your members get complacent um, because you you've got to keep their safety at the highest regard and and make sure you keep sending the message out keep sending the message out to be careful and, and wear your PPE and and uh, don't take anything for granted. Um, even uh, we have more PPEs and vehicles in, in the apparatuses as they respond in, in the buildings. We don't let them take it off for all practical purposes. I mean, with a mask in particular, rather. Right. But, so it, all, all this has, 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 been a, um, has certainly been a learning experience for the fire service. And, and at the end of the day, Chief, as you know, um, this, is, this is what we're here for. Yeah, we're here to support the community through these kind of environments. It just happens that that they happen instead of happening in succession, they're happening in synergy, and and what we have to do is just just deal with it. Yeah, yeah, it's an important uh, important piece of what you said there. Without saying it this way, is that complacency kills. It, it does. Think, it really yeah, does. We, we find ourselves in uh, the fire service uh, responding from this to that. Uh, and they, they come and they go, Mm -hmm. this COVID thing has been here now for, uh, you know, we're, we're working on four or five months and they're talking years. Right. So if there ever was an exercise, I appreciate you saying that because if there ever was an exercise in, uh, making sure you people don't become complacent, this is it. Chief, you want to know one of the dumbest things I've said during this process of What's dealing with COVID-19 is, is, is about a month into it, um, we, I said, we're, everybody's getting excited. We're only in the second inning. Well, the truth of the matter is we were just warming up. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we're talking years. Right. I, 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 um, we're having to judge, and one of the things I keep not just dealing with COVID-19, but our folks putting out fires because they do it so readily and often that I keep saying, I try to keep telling them, and and I'm not put, understand I'm not putting down people that work at 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 things that are are the express oil change places, but they do the same thing over and over again. It's repetitive, mm-hmm. and it's very easy to get complacent and hurt yourself because oh, just doing the same thing, pull the filter and do this and. I'm telling people, do not do that. Treat every right. instant like it's its own instant, and you're starting over from scratch. Everyone yeah. to make sure you don't get complacent, because that's you know just like fighting fire. You know you can get in the position where you think it, you know you start treating it like treating it like it's something you do all the time, and and you can really get hurt. Not only can you hurt you, you get hurt, you can hurt other people. COVID nineteen, you can get sick. Not only can you get sick, you'll get you'll get the rest of the members sick. Then you will take it home. And get your family sick. Yeah. So this this is a whole different animal. It absolutely is, and you know, as we talk about the multiple things happening, the the uh, protests and uh, COVID nineteen, and uh, now coming into a presidential election, it, it's almost and frankly for us in the southern tier of states, uh, hurricane season. You know, all rolling yeah. that in, all of those things yeah. coming together. Uh, it kind of is the perfect storm for all of us as chiefs that are either 
no matter what kind of uh, fiscal cycle you're on, some are on a June to July or July to June, some are on the federal fiscal cycle beginning October, and some are on the end of year cycle. No matter what cycle you're on, we're right in the middle of budget planning all the time. And this has hit at probably one of the worst times uh, with the election cycle coming. And then you think about COVID wasn't just a response nightmare. It was a uh, community nightmare because it shut down businesses. It shut down people's livelihoods. It shut down uh, revenue. It shut down just about everything in most places, at least for some period of time. So I'm sure you've seen the fiscal challenges that are beginning to come with that. I know um, here we're we're getting ready to uh, defund. Uh, you know, in the in the coming budget cycle, we'll be defunding 12 positions. That's just uh, uh, you know, it's part of the reality. So, how is Baltimore faring in the challenges of of both? You know, and I mentioned both politics and budgets in there. So, in both uh, politics and budgets together, how's Baltimore faring? And and you know, what advice can you give chiefs uh, dealing with this? I am um, from 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 a microcosmic perspective, uh, the community on a family basis around this area. We are a, we are a working class community. Uh, they are devastated. We have people getting laid off. Hotels now being filled. We are we are huge into hotels and and conventions and 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 visit visitors. Uh, restaurants restaurants aren't open. Hotels aren't aren't open or aren't filling in. Uh, the convention center has was was turned into a hospital for all practical purpose for COVID-19. So it wasn't doing business. Um, so uh, physically, um, the city is 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 taking a pretty bad hit. Um, and if the if the city, as you know, if the city takes a hit, the city catches a cold. Um, metaphorically, no pun intended. If the city catches a cold, all the departments catch a flu. Yeah. Because they have, they they've got to make it work now. Um, my dynamic, I actually went into this 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 physical year, as you you were looking at defunding twelve positions. I'm looking at disbanding two units, mm. uh, two engine companies, and I I, I I I put blood, sweat, and tears, and left some blood on the table in order to keep the people right. in those in those positions. Because what I argued was. If if my budget my budget is I'm I'm running seven to nine million dollars over budget, mostly drawn by overtime, and and what I've told them what what my argument has been is the fact that if if overtime is a problem, if I get into these positions, I'm just maintaining the status quo or further exacerbating my personnel issues, my overtime sure. issues. So I'm a, I'm able to keep the people. It looks like I'm I'm still it's still a possibility I may keep the engines, but I, I'm I, I wouldn't. Um, I'm not confident in it, but I'm 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 in for the for for the good fight because I think it's in the best interest of the community. Nonetheless, I think we'll be able to maintain NFPA standards. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I'm I'm comfortable we can do it. Even even if we lose the engines, I think we can do it. But but you know how busy Baltimore is. You've been around us, so that 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 situation is reasonably in flux depending on the day and the circumstances. Yeah. So I have I've got that. And uh, and now we have COVID nineteen, where the, the city, uh, the uh, they have been honest about financially where they are. So we're looking at uh, 
and, and we're being uh, communicated to about worsening budgeting circumstances going into the upcoming years. So um, what, we're, what we're already working on is what that looks like, what our options are. We're also working on uh, making sure that we are as great a utility to the city as possible. So we, in many ways, we, we put our hands in a lot of areas that normally we're not involved with to make ourselves not just, not just a visual use, but a practical use. The irony is we used to have OEM within our department, a lot of departments do, and it was taken out after the last mayor got elected a while ago, mm-hmm. and she took it out of, out of our department. Well, on the day um, we, uh, we, uh, we basically instituted the uh, incident command system in the city and we really opened up to work on uh, COVID-19. We initiated uh, uh, OEM full-blown. Mm-hmm. They put it back up under me. Yeah. The day. Yeah. In fact, I'm the one, uh, my, my staff is, is, so I had to put somebody over there. But that didn't bother me because we had the right people to be able to do it. And that's another way to show ourselves useful sure. and necessary for the city. So we're doing everything we can do. We're helping the health department um, um, establish protocols and helping um, for the citizens of the city. We've helped set up um, testing sites. We turned around and, and uh, we have a, a depart- the city has been working from a distance for a while now because of COVID-19. Um, they've been uh, working from home, a lot of them, most of the city. Well, sure. they're starting to work on bringing them back. Well, we're, we're working with, with key risk to help the city bring back all the employees. We're helping them build the protocols for it. We're, I, I have my people, my, my folks are sitting at the table to help them do that in order to make ourselves uh, as necessary for the city as possible. Sure. So I, I think, I think if, if I'm going to drop information on people, continue doing a good job, make sure our folks, when they run calls, that they offer the highest level of service possible, the most competent service, the highest level of customer service, but in every way you possibly can reasonably uh, make yourself worthy to, to uh, of work to the to the municipality. Yeah. So yeah, make yourself useful, and we've kind of got the same uh, scenario here, helping uh, other departments dealing with the COVID uh, mm-hmm. uh, protocols for people going back to work and um, you know getting tested and all those different things because those agencies don't normally deal with uh, emergencies. So that's a great uh, you know it's some great feedback for the chiefs out there. Make sure that you're you know you're thinking. It doesn't have to be real far outside the box, but, you know, right. think a, little, a little bit outside your box and um, right. make sure you're visible and make sure, more importantly, I love the way you said it, not just visible, but useful. Um, because right. I, I, yeah. I see lots of people out there, but if they're not useful to me, I'm, I'm looking for the next one. Mm-hmm. So uh, great, great advice. Any other advice for chiefs that are dealing with uh, or, or leaders of any rank that are dealing with uh, the issues related to COVID and budgeting, and uh, is there anything else that you can, uh, tidbits of advice that you could provide our listeners? Those, those are the biggest things. I'd, I'd, I'd make sure, one of the things that I've, I've um, COVID has, has set me back a little bit where I, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those fire chiefs who like to go and sit at the kitchen table at each mm-hmm. station. I've done videos. Um, I, I don't I don't care for them. 
I mean, in a sense that, that it's not personal, I do it. I do it because now you don't have a choice. Right. And, and I, I, I know it's a perspective of mass media, but it, 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 it does not, um, it, it's not personable. You know, sure. and it doesn't give them a chance to bounce questions on as much as you can, as much as you. And I just started going back out the station somewhat this this week. In fact, as much as you possibly can, communicate with your members and let them know what's going on. Right. Make 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 um make the membership, make the unions part of 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 the solution as much as you can. I know through COVID nineteen, um, especially as it as it was really really. Uh, hitting us hard in the beginning. Uh, I, I talked to both my union presidents. You know, I, I actually have more than two unions, but both my sworn union organizations on a daily basis, sometimes two and three times a day, literally, to make sure they knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we 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 opened up an email site specifically for people to ask questions, and I and that's the one we created a video that made complete sense because it was a response to what they were asking. Uh, and we made videos, and the the chiefs or captains or a battalion chief, whoever it was, that that was their sphere of app, of responsibility or their sphere of influence. They answered the question, mm-hmm. uh, and so we did that. We did that for several weeks, and and that that helped. Uh, and what happened was we started off with a whole lot of questions. After about six weeks into it, none, zero, right. and right. and I think that helped us out a lot. And and going to visit and talk, even talking about physically where you are uh, as a municipal as a, as a fire chief, being honest with them, finance running the fire department is not a gnostic thing. It's not a gnostic teaching. It's not secretive. It just isn't. Uh, there there are HR issues you can't talk about, and I would argue that when finance issues have not been solidified, you really can't talk much about it because anything can happen. Sure. But just about everything else, ah, I, it's it's up for discussion. And you may not appreciate the answer I give you, but I'm going to give you the answer. I'm going to tell you what's yeah. going on to the best of my ability. Yeah, you may but, not appreciate uh, some of the questions, but uh, no, it's absolutely the right way to get out there. Communicate, right. communicate, so, communicate. I'm telling. And so that those are the kind of things I, 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 I'd, uh, I'd encourage. And I'd, I'd also encourage you not to be discouraged because it's easy to be in, in the middle and, and, and have, and quite frankly, have the elected officials on one side of you um, Pulling you and 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 for lack of lack of a better word, raising cane about circumstances, and having your sworn people or your union members, your union leadership on another side, um, don't be discouraged. And what I would tell people to do is have, have even at I've been a fire chief, um, a, a fire chief since 2007. Uh, these as the fire chief since 2007. I've been a fire chief since 2003. And and I'm 55 year old, years old. I still had mentors I called and 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 talked to and and let them debrief me and 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 get some of this off of me. If you you got to have that somewhere, and somebody, but you got to be prepared for honest feedback too. Um, yeah. So I, I I'm I'm very I'm very lucky. Uh, chief Williams, Chief Herman Williams, the first African American chief here, uh, is still here, and he's 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 very active. And him and I, before COVID-19, we, we went to lunch almost every month, and we talked almost every week. So I had somebody to talk to. And I got fire chiefs throughout the country I talked to. And in fact, Mark, you were one of the people, I mean, Chief Pachero, you were one of the people that I called. So yeah. I, I'd encourage people to have that. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so, you know, we've, I think we've hit the, the budget, we've hit uh, COVID. As we think about these things, they're, they're, not, um, they're, they're not the one and done that's going to go away in a week or two. This no, is not. a yeah. This is this is the thing. Both the the protests and the political fallout from those protests, uh, all of the you know the discussion of defunding or uh, refunding, however you want to look at it, uh, law enforcement agencies, and I've already seen that impact some fire agencies. So we got to think long term. This can't be a, how do I just get through it today? Uh, right. You got to be thinking about how you can get through it for the next couple of years. Right. So what what are some long term strategies that uh, we should be working on to make our communities safer while still working to preserve uh, to preserve uh, fire service funding? I, it, it's it's my belief that even though you're dealing with COVID nineteen, even if you're dealing with unrest circumstances, no matter what you're dealing with, even dealing with financial issues you still have to move forward and you still have to think strategically for the organization. So the things you have to do is think about what's best for the community. What's the next best thing for the community. We, we, we started a, uh, an aggressive MIHCP program about three years ago and we've been slowly expanding it and expanding what um, we start I literally started in, in a few zip code, three zip codes in West Baltimore um, in association with the University of Maryland Medical Center. And, and one of the things that we've done during this time, it, and I'm going to say something, Chief, that you're absolutely going to understand. Within every crisis, no matter where it is, there's always opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and you have to find the opportunity. In my case, one of the opportunities, and there have been many, quite frankly, doing, doing, dealing with, dealing with um, the unrest and dealing with uh, COVID-19, dealing with the fires that we deal with, and whatever else, all the, all the EMS calls that we have, we have a lot of them. Um, within that, it's given us opportunity to expand and try new things. Um, the, uh, mobile integrated health, even though we started three years ago, and I know a lot of people already do it, uh, we started in three or four months and we were being very deliberate about doing it. We were thinking strategically and, and how long it would take for us to do every component because we wanted to put, one of the things we learned across the city, and this, I mean across the nation, it's not just dealing with mobile integrated health community paramedicine, but I'm talking about that in particular, is that a lot of times, us as fire chiefs, we, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this without sounding negative, because we, 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 we can't think, we have to be politically astute, but we need to remember we're not politicians. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I mean that in this way. Uh, we can't go for temporary satisfaction with policies. We have to put things in place that are long-term solutions. Long-term solutions require, require a lot of thought. And it, it is a heavy weight to carry a long time. It's not something that's going to give you temporary satisfaction. Consequently, you're not going to, there are things I put in place that were solutions for Lincoln Fire Department that I did not see the fruit for, but two chiefs after me did. Sure. Literally, two chiefs after me saw it. We have to think that way. We're required to think that way. 
about what's in the best interest. So, so what I what I would encourage um, the fire chiefs to do is not to not to drown in their contemporary circumstances to the point where they can't focus on what's the needed uh, perspective of, of the future of their organization, because the the dynamics the the uh, critical dynamics we're dealing with right now have given birth to a whole lot of uh, processes and a whole lot of um, uh, programs within the fire department that I'm crazy excited about. Great. No, that's great. And it's, uh, you know, some there, there's some dialogue that's been going on. Um, and I've been part of that dialogue that, uh, you know, we have for many, many years been considered um, all hazards, you know, all hazards fire department. And some of the dialogue is suggesting we have bitten off more than we can chew. And I think in some smaller uh, areas that that might be accurate, but your points are well taken, especially for the larger areas that uh, there's probably some right sizing that needs to be done within your own organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it may be about being the expert in something else that you hadn't thought about right. before. So we, we have to be mature enough as leaders to understand that a commitment in one area, just because we've been doing it, isn't something necessarily we need to do forever, or even something we do well. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so whatever that whatever that next important thing is that that really is we should focus on, maybe that should be drawn from that area. The resources need to be drawn from there and put somewhere else. Yep. Absolutely. Well, Chief, I want to capture a couple of things you said. I appreciate you being with us today. Um, a, a couple of the, the points from. Our talk today, be visible, but more importantly, be useful. Uh, Chief Ford encouraged you to not be discouraged. Uh, Be prepared for questions and answers. And more importantly, be prepared for feedback from the people uh, that work with you. Think strategic within every crisis. uh, And within every crisis, there is opportunity. Uh, Be politically astute without being a politician. Although I've said many times, fire chiefs really are politicians at heart. They just don't know it. Uh, But be politically astute without being a politician. Uh, Don't drown in your contemporary circumstances. Chief Ford, I appreciate you being with us today. Thank you for taking time to uh, be here on the Side Alpha podcast. I want to encourage everybody to uh, keep safe, stay smart, and take care. This is Mark Bashore, Executive Editor for Fire Rescue One, and this is... Side Alpha Pocket.